We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Pokushevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it into the foul. Oh, what is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Sunday night, December 26th, after the Thunder have just defeated the New Orleans Pelicans for their fourth win in five games. Thunder win this one. Uh, I'm searching 117 for the score to 112. Now. 117 to 112. <laughs> Teamwork. The Thunder come out on top of the New Orleans Pelicans. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my pal with me, Taylor Peterson. Aaron Wiggins, hashtag at NBA All Star vote. <laughs> Very much so. We'll get into all of it. Do not worry. Um, we are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you are joining us tonight on the live stream, the day after Christmas, the day of Kwanzaa, at the end Boxing of the year. Day. Yes, Boxing Day. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We we appreciate all of you. Thanks for hopping on. We're going to do, do quite a bit tonight. We're going to talk about this Thunder vs. Pelicans game. We're going to look at the past year of Thunder basketball. We're going to hand out some New Year's resolutions. So if you are in the chat tonight, make sure to drop your comments, your questions, your thoughts. We're going to read them live on the stream. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, man, we cannot thank you enough. This has been an awesome, awesome, awesome year for the uncontested. I think Taylor and I will probably reflect a little bit on that this show as well. I just want to thank you guys for for tuning in, for downloading our show, for listening to us. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Drop a five star. You can do it on Spotify and on Apple now. Uh, Spotify is super easy. It's cool. Yes. (laughs) DM me your your five star rating, like a screenshot of it. I'm going to send you some uncontested stickers. I have envelopes on top of envelopes (laughs) going out tomorrow. (laughs) Stickers. Um, I'm going to spend a, a good time in that. In that, that post, post office, office line tomorrow, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> that is cool. You and uh, you and everybody who's trying to return their Christmas gifts that one hundred percent broke yes. or whatever. I'm not excited for that. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. 
So Taylor, let's let's jump in to this New Orleans Pelicans versus Oklahoma City Thunder game. Uh, first off, the Pelicans a little shorthanded tonight. No Jonas Valanciunas as he was out in health and safety protocols. Um, I, think, I think they said he was out sick, but non-COVID. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, non-COVID. I apologize. Um, no, no. Nikhail Alexander-Walker was out in protocols. Yes. Uh, Brandon yep. Ingram uh, leaves this game after playing eight minutes and 43 seconds and e. putting up zero points, two rebounds, two assists. Uh, leaves the game with, I believe it was Achilles soreness. Mm-hmm. Did not make his way back for the entire game. Uh, so the New Orleans Pelicans really underhanded. Uh, that second half played a lot of Devontae Graham, Josh Hart, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, Herb Jones. Uh, they dusted Trey Murphy off. Jackson Hayes <laughs> racks up about 20 minutes. Nice so, debut I'll, for his uh, future team. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Don't worry. Um, so uh, quite a bit of guys got burned for the New Orleans Pelicans. I tweeted on the account, Taylor, that, after Brandon Ingram was ruled out for the rest of the game, that the Thunder were in a lose-lose situation. If you win this one, it was, well, of course you should win this one. The other team sucks. Uh, There's no reason why you shouldn't. Um, And if you lose it, which is good for the long-term health of of the team because you want to get as high of a draft pick as possible, the national discourse, again, turns on you because you lost to a severely underhanded Pelicans team. Yep. So it's a lose-lose situation all around, but there are some positives we can take away uh, and talk about. Thunder also, first time this season with guys in health and safety protocols. Uh, Darius Baisley ruled out earlier today uh, that he was in health and safety protocols. And early in the first quarter, I don't know if a, a test came back late or something like That's that. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, but Trey Mann ruled out, uh, and he is in health and safety protocols as well, uh, warmed up with the team pregame. So I'm thinking the only be, explanation uh, is a test result came in late. Yep. Yep. Or I don't know how they're testing right now. Uh, if they do test right before the game, maybe it was a PCR test that came back quickly and it was positive for Trey. Regardless, it, it does stink. You know, we've been very fortunate. Um, as Thunder fans here over the past two seasons, really, for the Thunder not to really be affected that much by COVID protocols. So it will be interesting kind of to monitor that. And, and hopefully it won't spread much. Um, but this is a really good point. Uh, I think Nick was one of the first ones, our, our own Nick Crane, one of the first ones to mention this on Twitter. Due to the new protocols in place by the NBA, uh, if a team has at least two players that have to go into protocol, uh, they're required to sign somebody to a, a hardship exception. Typically a 10 day is what we've been seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I highly expect the Thunder to bring up somebody from the G league. They're going to pull It'll up be, someone from the blue. I would yeah. guarantee it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me too. So I'll be interesting. Like, uh, I mean, Jalen Horde. it's interesting that they're required to, because they could just like activate Vic Krejci. Oh, that's a good um, point. That would too. be a possibility. That's probably it. But they're, they're going to bring like a Rob Edwards or somebody up. Um, now, if I was in charge of the team, it'd be the return of Dion Waiters, and there's no question. That's a that's a really good one. I mentioned Perry Jones. Um, Dion would be back. Dion, yeah, Dion's the best one. Dust off Nick Collison, pull him back out there. <laughs> Bring in a good old Kendrick Perkins. Call, call see what Perk he can up, do. See if he wants to come back. <laughs> Go find, have him uh, pronounce Alexei Pokushevsky's name in the locker room. Oh man, could you imagine a Shea Perk pick and roll? Oh my, I don't want Shea to. We just yeah, just be sitting at the three point line waiting minutes for Perk to roll. 
So let's let's jump into this game a little bit, Taylor. Uh, I think the story of the night would have to be Aaron Wiggins getting the start and uh, putting up a career high, uh, a very efficient career high. Uh, Aaron played 32 minutes, uh, what 24 points on eight of 10 shooting, um, eight free throw attempts, six rebounds, and an assist, and just played really solid all the way across the board. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Aaron had a a great night, which was really exciting to see from him, especially in a game where I think he was he obviously had more opportunity. Um, and like you mentioned, against a shorthanded Pelicans team, who, you know, I, I think there's more opportunity for Aaron to kind of show what he's capable of. The biggest thing for me is a lot of the things that Aaron Wiggins did tonight and that we've seen from him throughout the entirety of the season are things that I think will translate even when he does come up on a scouting report. Yeah. Um, he doesn't they're, have this they're, much they're opportunity. able to be replicated for yeah, sure. Right. Right. Against, uh-huh. uh, against higher, uh, more competitive opponents. And so I yes. am curious to see is Wiggins the next in line, the, the next Lou Dort, right. To get that two way contract converted. Come to the end yeah. of the season. He played really well. Um, before we move on with Aaron Thunder communications, Thunder PR just tweeted out, uh, that Aaron Wiggins scored 24 points on eight of 10 shooting tonight, which is the second most points scored by a 2021 second round draft pick. Uh, the most points scored by a second round draft pick. Do you know who? Oh, who projected lottery pick Grimes. that plummeted? Uh, Grimes for the New York Knicks. Nope. Um, oh, Nick. uh, oh, did BJ Boston drop all the way down there? Yep. Yeah. Brandon Boston. Boom. Um, what what is, is the guy that had the most points as a second round pick? But yeah, Aaron, the one of the things that I tweeted tonight about him, Taylor, like like the two of four from three is awesome. Yep. Um, he's a really good cutter. He's really Great good cutter. at watching the play develop and then realizing when his defender turns his head and cutting. Uh, and that is music to Josh Giddy's ears. I think Josh Giddy oh, yeah. Giddy had ten assists tonight. <laughs> I think three or four of them were to Aaron Wiggins on cuts. Exactly. Just waiting for the defense to turn. Aaron cuts on the backside, uh, catches a pass in the paint, and goes up and finishes. And he's a pretty good finisher at the rim. I want to say like two or three of those as well were uh, Wiggins cutting from the same spot, which mm-hmm. was down the middle of the lane, which is unique, right? Like usually when we talk about cutters, obviously the, the ultimate thunder cutter, right? Yeah, wait, I think of Robertson, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and he always cut baseline, which makes a ton of sense. I mean, that's typically what you see. So it is kind of interesting to see Wiggins uh, cutting baseline. I think that's a great point you brought up, his instincts. Uh, yeah. he, he's very high IQ basketball player, very mature. Obviously, he is a little older. In fact, this was, well, two things. One, uh, another stat that I'm not sure. I think Nick Gallo tweeted this out. I'm not sure if it came from the official Thunder account. But uh, Wiggins is the only player to have 20-plus points, or sorry, the only rookie to have 20-plus points for the Thunder this season. Oh, and the other thing that. that I found interesting is he mentioned, uh, Gallo mentioned on the broadcast, he didn't actually tweet this out, but he mentioned um, that, you know, that the rookies sang to Poku for his birthday today, which is a Thunder tradition. And funny enough, when Gallo was thinking about that, he realized that three of the four rookies are older than Poku is. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Wiggins the, being one The only those. one being Josh Kitty. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So I, 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 you know, Giddy's, sorry, <laughs> Wiggins is obviously uh, a little older, but man, I, I really, really like him, Jacob. And I thought he fit in really well with this lineup. I think he plays well with these guys. And I loved how assertive he was just from the very beginning. I think mm-hmm. he kind of realized the opportunity was there tonight. He took full advantage of it, like you mentioned. And it's crazy. 24 points on only 10 shot attempts. Yeah. I mean, that's very efficient. That's impressive. He also plays a lot bigger than he is. 
Yeah, I like you know, that. That's he doesn't mind too. mixing it up with the big guys down low. Uh, he's pretty physical. Very interesting prospect. It's hard for me to say, oh, is he the next second-round diamond in the rough that Sam Presti's found? Obviously, Dort was undrafted, but kind of along the same lines. Yep. Just because you get very, very few of those guys in the league, you know? But even if he can just develop into some sort of a, a top 10 rotational piece, um, you've you've definitely found something at pick number 55. So very encouraging by Aaron Wiggins. We've seen encouraging stuff from him all season. I don't want to be a pessimist, but I would encourage Thunder fans to pump the brakes just a little bit. I mean, we saw we, – we, we've seen this story in OKC – a hundred times, you know, right? A guy has a really good breakout game and we think, oh, Presti's done it again. And then once the guy gets more playing time and gets on a scouting report and other teams kind of know what that guy's about, they kind of fall off a bridge. And right. so um, M- Moses Brown is is a prime example of that. But be be encouraged, but don't overstate what Aaron Wiggins has done. Uh, but hopefully he, pro- he continues to progress. That That's the hope. That's the goal. I agree. And like I said, like I, I think there are the fact that he only took 10 shot attempts and still had 24 points, you know, uh, some of the things you mentioned, like the cutting, obviously his passing uh, continues to kind of stick out to me as well. Like I think about that play there in the fourth quarter when the Thunder are trying to avoid a foul from the Pelicans. Uh, Giddy throws a cross or a, not really a cross court pass, but uh, to the other side of the court to Shea Jules Alexander, who's still behind half court. Shea passes it to a Wiggins down the floor, who's on the the their uh the other wing uh wiggins basically catches it knows that he has dort coming uh flashing down the lane in transition and somehow is able to basically just kind of a tap and go kind of play right here he semi catches the pass from shea turns midair knows where lou's going to be as he's cutting lou's blue gets a slam which essentially was kind of the exclamation point on the game there's just some plays like that uh wiggins really impressed me and i do think there's some of that that will translate yeah, um, for sure. And hopefully scouting. he can continue to grow and, right. and do But better. I don't know. To your point, he's not going to be a 20-point yeah. per guy or per, per game uh, guy. <laughs> Rod in the chat says, props to Presti. He started two second-rounders and an undrafted player tonight. Um, That's a good point. Uh, two second-rounders, second-round rookies, um, a, a third first-round pick rookie, a third-year undrafted guy, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander were your starters tonight. <laughs> and... Uh, they won a basketball game. Now, some of that is on the Pelicans as well. I thought the Pelicans were just awful, especially in that first half, Taylor. Um, oh, yeah. I thought New Orleans was just that no effort. Um, gave up after the the first action uh, offensively for the Thunder. I thought the second half they came out, especially Josh Hart. Uh, Josh yeah, Hart went Hart, scorched yeah. earth Fire. in that third quarter. Um <laughs> Rod also says, often been overexcited by Skittles guys in the past. Wiggins is more broccoli. It's a really good way it. to put it. Really, good I love way to put it. it. Very good. Like yes. Um, next guy, I think we got to talk about tonight, Taylor. Shea Gojus Alexander, thirty-one points, five assists, four rebounds, a steal, three blocks, only one turnover, fifty-five percent from the field, only twenty percent from three, and only sixty-one percent from the free throw line. He was eight mm-hmm. of thirteen from three or from free throw line, one of five from three, eight of 13 from the free throw line, one of five from three. And he still goes for 31 points and shoots over 50% from the floor. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's really incredible seeing what Shay's done, not just tonight, but I think there's a reason that the thunder has been so competitive and played at such a high level 
over the past five games, right? Obviously, tonight's their fourth win uh, in five games. I think you mentioned that. The mm-hmm. other four prior to tonight were three very competitive wins where they played against really good teams. And then the, the one loss, obviously, against the Suns, one of the best teams in the league who they were extremely competitive against. And it's it's no coincidence, I don't think, that each game the Thunder were led by SGA, who's playing really, really good basketball right now. Obviously, and I think this is more of a positive than a negative, but the fact that Shea could be more efficient. And, and could be hitting expanding. those threes. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And, uh, you know, he's been pretty good from the free throw line outside of tonight. But, like, he he could have, you know, made more than 8 of 13 from the four, or sorry, from the free throw line. The fact that he's getting to the free throw line, thir- well, 13 attempts, so, thir- you know, whatever. Divide that by how many uh, fouls. <laughs> but yeah. regardless, I, uh, I, I've been really impressed with Shea, the way he's expanding his game. He's looking to score and be aggressive and kind of take the lead. Um, it's exciting. It's really exciting stuff. And obviously, you know, flirting with triple triple doubles during this stretch. Tonight, uh, five assists, four rebounds, not quite as close, but he's still getting others involved and getting others their opportunity. And I think that's really special. A few things about Shea that I want to say. Number one, I thought his defense, especially first half defense tonight, very, very engaged. Much um, better. Yes, which is what... I desperately want to see from him uh, the blocks, the steals, getting dirty, getting physical. You love to see that stuff. Yep. Um, the fourth quarter switch hand layup, right oh to left. Gosh, that's Ooh. borderline erotic. Pull that up. That, yeah. That's you can't pull that up. It blurred out on the internet. You gotta <laughs> upload that to an eighteen you go plus to a website. special site. <laughs> um, incredible, incredible. His his ability to get downhill. In that second half, he hunted the switch on the Jackson Hayes every single possession. He wanted to isolate Jackson and just go at him every time, and it worked. Um, over the past five, Taylor, including tonight, the Thunder are four and one. Shea Gilgis Alexander is averaging twenty six points, uh, five point six rebounds, six point eight assists, only two turnovers, a steal, and a block, shooting forty seven and a half percent from the field and only eighteen percent from three. Wow. Yeah. That is seven free throw attempts a game. <laughs> yeah. If the he, only one that's like shockingly bad is that three point percentage, right? 18% from three. And that just goes to what we were just talking about. The fact that he's still able to contribute at this level, uh, obviously from a scoring standpoint, but even just getting others involved. Uh, that's, yeah. that's big time. On, on a, on a scale of one to 10, how well, let's, let's not do a one to 10 scale. Your favorite thunder player is Lou Dort, right? Yeah, maybe Russell Westbrook. I well, yes, Russ, but I I don't know who's your it's least Shea, favorite Thunder player of all time. My least favorite. Oh boy, is um, it Robert Swift? Is it Hashim Tabit? <laughs> no, it, is it Darius Beasley who got regular minutes? Yeah, but it's like super frustrating. Derek Fisher. Oh boy, um, Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick, not quite. Oh man, this is really tough. Um, I might have to. There's just one player that one. just really pissed you off. Um, Robertson pissed me off quite a bit. Okay, I'll, so let's I'll go Robertson. Go for him. But yeah, from, we'll a, go with from, from a scale of Andre Robertson to Lou Dort. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ha, and and then you can find anybody in the middle. <laughs> o thirty eight <laughs> Lev says Carmelo Anthony. That's probably uh, that's the answer. Okay. You want to go with that? <laughs> we'll go, with, we'll go on a scale Carmelo. of OKC Carmelo Anthony being the worst, Lou Dort being the best. And you can pick anything to be in the middle. How worried are you about Shea's three point shooting? Oh, that not not very worried at all. So let's say 
not quite a Lou Dort on the scale, but maybe like a um, like a Josh Giddy. Yeah, but it's it's so early. I was trying to think of somebody like back uh, a Dion Waiters. Yeah, D- yeah, yeah, Dion. I was even thinking like maybe like a uh, Sabonis is a bad example too because he was a rookie. Uh, Sergi like Baca Depot. And Oladipo, um, okay. He didn't play very well in that season with OKC, right? But like, I know if he would have stayed around, I think he would have been really good for this team. Yeah. So maybe that's a bad example as well. I'll put it this way. I think it, like uh, if if one is worried, 10 not worried, that's kind of the direction we're going. Um, with obviously Lou Dort being at the top of that scale, I'd, I'd assume 10 is not worried. I'd say like I'm a seven on the not worried scale. Yeah, I think like, that's pretty fair. You know, it's... it's there's a little, a little bit of, oh, it's been going on for a while now, but yeah, right. I'm not worried. Right. And it's also the kind of threes that he's taking. For example, yeah. he had a, a pure step back. And what I mean by pure in the, is the fact that he literally just did a step back. Went move. backwards, no not sideways. Between, no sidestep, no combination of both, right? And he drills it. Um, he hasn't had a lot of catch and three or catch and shoot three, three point shot opportunities. Although I was he's taking some difficult shots, yeah, some very right. difficult shots. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I'd put it like a seven for that, for that reason right there. I think when he has others around him, uh, a lot of this is just due to experimentation for him mm-hmm. as well. Right. During the season. I, I was think thinking about to... this during this game, Taylor, I think once the thunder get their next guy, knock on wood, Jabari mm-hmm. Smith jr. Mm-hmm. Right. Once the thunder get their next okay. guy and you see plays where Shea ice was at the top, breaks down the defense, gets into the lane kicks out to a Jabari Smith Jr. or a Josh Giddy or a Lou Dort who catches the ball and then attacks off that off that closeout and Shea drove in, kicked out, and then rotates back out. Almost Steph Curry-esque. And right. they can catch another pass and just have like a catch and, and shoot corner or elbow shot. I think he's going to be just fine. That's the next evolution of his game, right? Because that is something a little concerning. There's a little Russell Westbrook there in him he's not one to move off ball very frequently he does sometimes i I think tonight he did better i think that's a point of emphasis for this coaching staff for shea playing alongside also a good point is to move off staff in a different era of okc thunder basketball i think that's a good point as well and the the comparison to westbrook there's definitely some stuff there especially the relentless attacking of the rim but shea is so willing to get off the ball which is something we never saw with russell westbrook take tonight for example still don't see for muscle yeah, Russell Westbrook. Sorry, Laker fans. <laughs> you mentioned um, that play towards the end, the exclamation point of the Dort dunk. I mean, if if Russ is the guy that catches that ball in the backcourt waiting to get fouled, he's not passing it. He's driving but, to the middle of the floor and he's trying to draw the foul from two or three. But Shea immediately catches it, identifies that Aaron is up the court alone, uh, shoots the ball up court. Aaron does the touch pass to Lou, who dunks it. Right. Um, I I keep going back to that Toronto game. If that's Russell Westbrook and he drives into the lane with three seconds left, that ball's going up. Shea drove in to, to draw the defense, kicked out to a wide open Mike Muscala for a three. Right, he's right. very willing to get off the ball, and I think that's a huge sign of growth. Um, and I know we've gone long on Shea, and we can move on after this. But just one thing that I had mentioned here on the podcast, maybe three weeks, maybe even a month ago. Time's kind of flying here at the end of the year. But I wanted to see Shea be a little more aggressive. For example, there was a couple games there during a, the losing streak before this last five-game stretch where uh, Lou Dort had more attempts than Shea. Giddy had the same amount of attempts as Shea. And I wanted to see that distributed a little more, especially with some of these guys that were sitting out. It was right around the time that Lou went out because I wanted to see Shea get more attempts. Since then, it's almost kind of been like a hard reset for Shea because he's leading the, the team in attempts 
each game since, and that has looked really, really good and efficient doing so. So I can't really, you know, hark Shay for, you know, not passing the ball when he should, et cetera, et cetera, when I've been wanting him to be more aggressive, and he has, and he's doing a good job balancing both of those things, I think. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Um, all right, who do you want to talk about next? Well, let's let's hit a few more of these Giddy. players before we, we move on. Okay, let's talk Giddy. Because that was a really fun one, right? Um, I, it was our friends over at Fast Break Breakfast. They were the first ones to the Thunder tweeted out since, and um, there, there's quite a few people who have tweeted out uh, since. But I think Fast Break Breakfast was the first one to to tweet this out. It's at 8.30 uh, Central Time. Josh Giddy is just the second player in NBA history to have a double-double with zero points, uh, obviously finishing with 10 rebounds and 10 assists. He's the, the the first player being Norm Van Leer, 1971. Obviously, I don't think either of us are going to remember Van Leer. Uh, but Josh Giddy joins him in a very interesting <laughs> interesting history uh, or stat in the history books of the NBA. Yeah. Um, crazy. You, you said fun. I don't know if I described it as fun. He struggled quite a bit <laughs> offensively, but he some did. of the passes, um, he, he should have had more than 10 assists. There were a few passes that hit guys' hands that just couldn't control them. Um, I mean, we, we, we say it every, every show. The dude just reads the game at a different speed and a different level than anyone else, and he's only 19 years old. Uh, it is very, very impressive. He did it again tonight. A uh, little more limited minutes for him tonight, only 27 and a half, 28 minutes. But um, the stuff you see out of him is just very, very promising. And I'm not super worried about the scoring, um, specifically like the jump shot. I think that's going to come around for a 19-year-old. I agree. And I think uh, kind of to your point, friend of the podcast, Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA, tweet at best. And this kind of goes along the lines of the the video at the ringer, Jay Kyle Mann put together of SGA and and – uh, and Giddy and kind of the team that press is putting together. But Keith said about Josh Giddy, you know, Josh Giddy is a weird player, but in the very best way. And I think mm-hmm. that accurately, accurately um, kind of describes what you, what you mentioned there. Zero thirty eight love in the chat says, am I the only one that feels the SGA and Giddy duo sometimes feel sort of awkward. Both of them call for the ball a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that hits on what we're kind of talking about here as well, but I think they're, they're learning and they're getting better at playing off of one another. Uh, that's exactly what you want. It, if the feel is awkward at times, uh, look back to the end of that Memphis game where right. Shea hit Giddy for a wide open layup, and then out on the out of bounds play, Giddy hits Shea for a layup to kind of close out the game. That's the kind of chemistry you're looking for there. And if they can get that, they are golden. And I think it's been I, I mentioned Lou Dort being out there for those two games when he tweaked his ankle, um, and then that that first game that he was out being Lou. Dignall matches SGA and Giddy's minutes, and I think that was pretty helpful for them. Since then, mm-hmm. they have started to look better. Definitely. Uh, any other players you want to talk about? I mean, Dort five of fourteen tonight, one of seven. Dort was three. fine. He's kind yep. of been he's been playing fine, but not like scoring like he was there. JRE, yep. I think JRE really another game. very efficient night. Fifteen really points game. on nine shots, three of six rebounds. from three, seven rebounds and assists. Do you like to see that? Teo had 12 points off the bench. A lot of that coming in the first half, but he had a pretty decent game and then like had some really bad minutes there in the second half. Broke clocks right twice a day, Taylor. Yeah, right, right. It just kind of a guy, right, opportunity with Trey Mann being out. Um, Mm -hmm. Honorable mention, and then Kenrich does what Kenrich does. I think four seven from the point. field, two or three from three for Kenrich. But he somebody, just somebody, some huge plays too. <laughs> during, oh, man, I love him. Love him. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. By the time the trade deadline, like like that final minute, comes around, of the 29 other teams in the league, how many of them call OKC Ooh. inquiring about Kenrich? Is it all 29? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think the Warriors Okay, so call. you're saying like inquiring and yeah. I mean, yeah, like calling and saying like, hey, we're interested. What, what are you trying to get? What, what are the offers on the table? What do yeah. we have to beat? I'm just trying to think of like... I mean, I, 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 to your point, I think, yes, 27, 28 teams would love to have Kenrich on there. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that, Maybe like um, that Golden so State makes calling. the call. Yeah, right, right. Um, I don't think Golden State like makes the call. are going to be buyers or like think it's realistic to make a trade. Like there could be teams that really want Kenrich and would love yeah, to have him Yeah, I don't on the see team teams like buyers. Houston or right, Detroit right. making the call. Exactly. But a team like but all the Lakers, all playoff contenders. Yeah, the Lakers would kill for him. Phoenix would love oh to have gosh, him. Yeah, they would. Brooklyn would <laughs> love to have him. Uh, he he would Atlanta. be a monster for the Knicks. Knicks would be great. Atlanta would be a great fit for him. Miami, Miami. would be a great fit for him. <laughs> we said that um, one at the same time. Yeah, no. I mean, Chicago, if you're a playoff fit in great in Chicago. Oh, Chicago, yeah. And under Billy Donovan, did Billy get him for a season or no? I can't remember now. No, because um, Dagnott was there for the CMs yeah. trade. Yeah, yeah, never mind. That is correct. Um, it still would be great on Chicago, obviously, especially with Patrick Williams out. Yes. Um, yeah. Kenrich is awesome. He's a hooper, just a flat-out hooper. Love the dude. Uh, any too. other thoughts on this game before we move on, Taylor? Four of five for the last five for the Thunder. Um, that's not good for the tank, but it is good for the soul, I guess. <laughs> it's good for these players development I, yeah, I think this did really vault the thunder things. um ahead of new orleans in the in the tank standings they both have 12 wins 
Um, New Orleans 12, 12 and 22, Thunder 12 and 20. Uh, they are knocking on the door of Sacramento, who's 13 and 21. Uh, Portland, who's 13 and 19, and Indiana, who is 14 and 19. Uh, so Indiana's they're all kind of knocking on the door too. there. And obviously the Pelicans, I was watching them thinking, you know, they're going to be a big time uh, tank contender down the stretch for us this season. I think the only other thought I had, I, I wanted to mention, I'm not sure I have yet. It's just that um, I, I, and I think I may be the most guilty of this than anyone, but I always find myself saying the Thunder play up to competition. You know, they've played up to competition the past couple of seasons, a, a lot more, maybe more so this season. But then after watching tonight, I kind of realized it's not so much playing up to competition. They just play to competition. Yeah. <laughs> they played down to competition tonight. 100%. Yeah. Um, Pelicans are just bad. Yeah. I hope they get better for the Thunder's tank purposes. Uh, speaking of the tank, let's move on from this game and kind of talk about the tank standings. Taylor, uh, Thunder are in fifth now. Um, it is a master log jam. Um, I mean, Dallas at 15 and 17 is at 15th place. Wow. Lakers at 16 and 18 are at 16th place. Um, the Thunder not very far behind teams like that. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a massive dog pile there kind of towards the middle, but, and we're going to spend some time on this because I think it's maybe the most important development of the thunder season on Christmas day, Taylor, we got the tweet Christmas, from Adrian, Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah. From Adrian Wojnarowski that Paul George has a sprained, UCL partial tear. partial tear in his UCL, which is a ligament in his elbow. His elbow has been bothering him and he will be reevaluated in around four weeks. Um, doesn't mean he'll be playing in four weeks. It means he'll be reevaluated. So the Clippers currently um, experiencing some, some COVID outages, including Reggie Jackson, no Kawhi Leonard, obviously for what we believe is going to be the rest of the season. Now, Paul George out until if I had to bet, if they suck really bad over these four weeks and it's like there's not a whole lot of them to, for them to play for, they might hold him out until like all-star break, which is yep. around Valentine's Day. Um, the Clippers, Taylor, have the third most difficult strength of schedule for the remainder of the season. Now, that's kind of splitting hairs and, and that changes as teams win and lose. But the Especially Clippers... COVID. Yeah, Clippers still- currently at 17 and 15. That's 21, 21st in the league. Uh, oh, I guess ninth in the league if you're not looking at the reverse standings. But they are only two games up on the 11th worst record in the league, the Toronto Raptors. Two and a half games up on 10, three games up on nine. If they take a tumble, that pick that the Thunder own, unprotected pick from the Los Angeles Clippers, could end up in a very, very advantageous spot for OKC. Extremely, extremely. Uh, just a little context on that PG injury. Um, I thought Woj had interesting, an interesting follow-up tweet where he, you know, he mentioned out for four to six weeks, and then I, I don't was it four to up. six? Yeah, or sorry, I'm just looking at the doc here. Uh, I, I mean, you were probably right. Um, what was it? Four weeks or three to four or whatever it was. I think it was three to four, maybe three to four, and then they would reevaluate. <laughs> that doesn't sound extremely promising. Mm-hmm. The other thing I actually min- uh, missed this. I didn't get to watch a ton of, of NBA Christmas games, but uh, in a little, you know, DM or whatever group DM on Twitter. And somebody mentioned that 
Woj said during one of the like halftime or timeout breaks or whatever where they had him live, he mentioned the possibility of PG potentially being out for the season, right? So I think this could be a little more serious. I also follow like some sports doctor on Twitter who's all in on the NBA, um, and he tweeted about it. Like it, this could be a little more serious than a three or four week injury. So there, there is a possibility. Obviously, we <laughs> this makes it sound like I'm rooting for PG to be injured, and I, and I know that sounds terrible. I'm not necessarily saying that, but in terms of the Thunder draft pick and how critical it is to your point, Jacob, like I think this could be a little more serious than what they're making it out to be for PG, and that certainly is big for this draft pick that OKC has. One hundred percent, Taylor. If you rewind a couple of years to that Paul George trade, and after the crazy of it, craziness of it settled down. And we were having rational discussions. I think all of us said it's a lot of picks. Shea has the possibility to be a really good player. We really liked Shea at the time. We like him even more now. <laughs> yes. But we said, you know, yeah, they have PG, they have Kawhi, they're going to be title contenders. But we don't know how long that duo is going to stay together. And these picks are unprotected. All it takes is one injury plagued season, one bad season. And the Thunder right. could cash out. Well, we Taylor, also were a little scarred, like from the whole PG situation, and we were thinking, like, you know, oh, PG or Kawhi could ask out or whatever. But to your point, it doesn't have to be one of them asking out. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, we we all harped on it. We said, just takes one year of bad luck, bad injury luck for them, for the Thunder to cash out, and for all you just need one good pick out of it. Knock on wood. I'm not trying to put the the cart before the horse. Uh, whatever analogy you want to use. Not trying to do voodoo witchcraft on the the Clippers. Yeah, I don't wish that that Paul George would be hurt. I would never wish injury on somebody else. But this is exactly what we talked about. And if if it does play out, um, I mean, if the again, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to put it out in the universe and like jinx it. But let's say over the course of January, which the Clippers schedule isn't that easy in January. Let's say over the course of January, the Clippers just like bottom out and win like 15% of their games. And Paul George's elbow still isn't right. And they say, hey, we're not going anywhere. Um, Regardless if we win a lot of games or lose a lot of games, we're not going to get our own pick anyways. Let's let our young guys get a lot of burn get them ready for next season and, and make a run for it. And that pick ends up having the the seventh best odds. I mean, that you you get a, a high tier lottery pick and then you still have six more of their picks coming down the pipeline later. Like that's the rest crazy. of that's just icing on the cake, that, you know, hundred percent. And even if it think doesn't of a team, think of a team like the Pelicans, right? Who we just played who or, or sorry, maybe that's a bad example. Um, well, yeah, the Pelicans gained the first pick for Zion when they didn't have super great odds to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe a better example is like the Cavaliers this year. Um, you know, it, maybe there's a situation where that Clippers pick has similar odds to that. And I need to look it up, see exactly what those odds were. But you, I mean, that's <laughs> more opportunity to get another top five pick. Exactly. And let's say it, it doesn't, the lottery balls don't fall for that Clippers pick. Well, that is a very, very strong piece of ammo to try to move up in this draft. That's what you want to do. If that Clippers pick doesn't hit and the Thunder pick doesn't hit, and so instead you're selecting at five and seven, that's some pretty good ammo to go get pick number two, pick number three. Go get the guy you want, right? Um, Yeah, that's exciting. It 
We're a long ways from this. It's only long December twenty sixth. The season doesn't end until mid April. But this has all of the pieces of the recipe to be that ideal situation where the Thunder really max out one of those picks owed to them by somebody else. And um it it I, I mentioned it in our in our private conversation the other day, Taylor. It has the opportunity to be franchise altering. It has the opportunity to be a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum type pick from the Nets. And if you yeah. hit on that, I mean, that changes the trajectory entirely. Then you start pushing some of those chips in the middle of the table if you're pressy and start I, to really build around these guys. I agree completely. I kind of think so. So yeah. it, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, I wanted to look this up and, and talk about it just real quick. Um, sorry, this is great podcasting me. Just Google searching in the middle of our show here. It's better um, than me. That's just like, hey, I'm not going to look this up, but like, there's a stat somewhere that's kind of like this. <laughs> Whenever people that aren't in the live stream listen to this show, they'll already know the outcome of this game. But the Clippers are currently down 14 to the Nuggets in the third quarter tonight. Uh, let's look at the Clippers' schedule leading up to the All Star break. All right, it's tough. Brooklyn Nets. Let's let's try to count losses as well against the Nets. Zero and one. I'm still saying zero and one, just because okay. we saw what happens even when you have just James at, Harden at the Celtics. Ooh, zero uh, and two. I think zero uh, and two at the Raptors. And that might let's go ahead and give him one there. Yeah. So one and two, uh, Nets again. Uh, Guys will be out of protocol at that point. That's one and three. I yep. think easy. Yep. Against the Timberwolves. That's another tough one, but they're playing really well. We could probably chalk that up to one and four. One and four. Suns. Ooh, that's a one and five. Grizzlies. Let's go ahead and give them that one since we gave them the... Uh, okay, two and five. One. Two and five. Hawks. That's another one on the fence, but I'm going to... Let's give it to them. Three and five. Okay, three and five. Three and five. Nuggets. No, uh, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss. Three and six. Yeah. Pelicans. Probably four and six. Four and six. Spurs. Oh, that's they a tough got one too. Spurs the other day. Let's go four and seven there. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I kind of think so as well. They're playing well. Pacers is an interesting one. That's tough. We'll give them five and is it five and seven right now? Five and seven. All right. Um, against the Nuggets, five and eight. Go, yeah, <laughs> five and eight. Against the Sixers, five and nine. Yep. Clip or sorry, uh, Knicks. That's another tough one, but I think that's five and ten. Five and ten. Wizards. We'll give them the Wizards we'll, one then. Six yeah, and ten. Yep. Magic, seven and ten. Yep. Heat, seven and eleven. Agree. Hornets, seven and twelve. Yeah. That's another kind of tough one like the Knicks. Yeah, we'll I give agree. them the next Pacers one then. We'll, there you we'll go. put them at That's eight and twelve. Eight and twelve. Um, we're going to the are we going to the break? Do you want to go to the break? Yeah, uh, the, the break is February or February seventeenth, so I think okay. that's maybe a little too far. That's good. That, that takes us four weeks out through the end of January, and we had okay. them what at eight and twelve, eight and twelve, yeah, and eight and Losing twelve um, would put them at twenty five and thirty seven. Ooh, they're falling down there like you mentioned sorry, the Mavericks. Twenty five right? and twenty seven. I'm sorry, I'm bad at math. Twenty five and twenty seven. <laughs> you teach history; it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that that I think that puts them firmly in the lottery. Yeah. No, 100%. I agree completely. You mentioned, like I said, you mentioned the Mavericks. I would drop them below Dallas, who's currently at 15 and 17. Um, They'll get Luka back by that point, obviously, during that stretch. And uh-huh. They'll pull ahead. Yeah, no, I'm with you completely. I think they're 
they're looking at a play in rather than playoffs at that point. And we're not going to count wins and losses here, but after that in February, they have Lakers, Bucks, Grizz, Mavs, Mavs, Warriors, Suns, Rockets, Lakers, Rockets, Rockets, Lakers, Knicks, Warriors, Wizards, Hawks, Pistons, Cavs, Raptors, Jazz, Nuggets, Sixers, Jazz, Bulls, Bucks, Pelicans, Suns. I mean, they have a lot of tough ones in there. Challenging games in there. Outside of the Rockets, and if we're being completely honest, maybe the Lakers. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's tough. There, there's a chance that that pick ends up at like seven or eight, and it has a a 40, 35, 40 percent chance of landing in the top four. After the the lottery god screwed the Thunder last year, Taylor. <laughs> if they get the response this year, I. Again, I don't even want to put it in the universe. I don't even want to put it in the universe, but can you imagine them starting a lineup next year of like Shea? This starting lineup, but Jabari Smith instead of Baisley? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And Chet Holmgren instead of Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Right, right. What if they land two top four picks? I also will say like, of course it would be this season for the Thunder, or sorry, this draft for the Thunder compared to either the one previously or the 2023 draft, but that's all speculative as well. Like this draft could be the end up being the best. This upcoming one, 2022 could be better than 21 and 23. There's no telling, but on paper, as we look right now, it seems like 21, 23 are going to be a little better, but to your point, if you hit in that top five, how much does it really matter? Exactly. Um, all right. Taylor, to, to end the show tonight, we got two more things we want to do. First off, I just wanted to do a quick year in review. This is our last um, group podcast, although it's not much of a group. It's just you and I. <laughs> but hey, that's all right. I wanted to do a year in review, our, our last show before the end of the year uh, together. I wanted to look back at the last 365 days of Thunder basketball just to see how much things have changed. So... 365 days ago, December 26th of 2020, the Oklahoma City Thunder had their first game of the 2020-21 season. Do you know who that game was against? It was, I do. Uh, Charlotte Hornets and SGA hits the the step back. It wasn't quite a Mm three-pointer. One foot was inside the line, but he hit the game winner. Very much so. Uh, The starting lineup that night, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Lou Dort, George Hill, Darius Baisley, Al Horford. Good time. Only two of those starters are currently starting for the team now. 365 days later. Diallo had the most minutes off the bench that night. (laughs) It is crazy. Uh, Over the past year, the Thunder traded George Hill, Al Horford, Hamadou Diallo. We had the Shea Gilgis, Alexander injury after the All-Star break, Taylor. Um, we had the tanking after the trade deadline, that last game against the Clippers, that win, um, where Mike Poku Muscala. went off, yeah, Mike Muscala, um, the, the Clippers absolutely tanking to, uh, to dodge. I forget who they were trying to dodge in the playoffs. Um, I think it was Thunder, Lakers, wasn't it? I think so. The Thunder <laughs> hit some very bad lottery luck. Uh, we just mentioned this on, on when we were talking about the, the lottery for this coming year had a, 50% chance at getting two top five picks end up with pick number six instead. Yeah. Uh, we dealt with all the Shea trade rumors over the summer. You remember that? Oh, yeah. The uh, Thunder Twitter hating Jake Fisher. Poor guy. 
the James Book Knight hype over the summer. The Fender drafting Josh Giddy, and there being a collective letdown on draft night, uh, that that changed pretty quickly. The summer league adventures of Justin and Nick that you and I are very jealous of. <laughs> and then now the start of a new season and how this season is developing as well. It's been a lot, Taylor. It's been a lot. It's been a whole lot. So I want to ask you, over the past 365 days of Thunder basketball, what's the most significant thing? Oh, boy. That is – that's tough. Um, it's just weird to me to think back to like, you know, at this point – Last year, we just had seen Poku and Teo play their first couple of games. Uh-huh. Um, SGA, <laughs> that game winner, that feels forever ago. It feels like two seasons ago, and it's only been a year. Crazy. COVID's messed up our entire like timeline mm-hmm. and, and, and perception of time. Most impactful thing for the Thunder this this past year. I, I keep coming back to it, but or I, I keep coming back to it in my head right now. It's hard to think of something more impactful then I mean, if we're just talking impactful in general, we aren't talking about the positives. We could talk about probably the Thunder not landing a top five pick in this past draft. That, I for think example, that's a very fair one. I think that is incredibly Buddy Barnes fair. or Evan Mobley. Um, they take the, as much as I love Josh, and that's kind of how I came to this conclusion is because I was going to mention Josh. But as much as I love Josh, I think Mobley or Scotty elevate this team to a, a new a level, level. Yeah. where Pressy is ready to start to push in some of those chips and start to build around these guys with – but maybe some some pieces that are, are available around the league rather than yeah. waiting. We're on. still early in the process. Right. Josh right. could end up early. being the best player in the draft. We don't know. Yes, right. And, and so that's kind of how I came to that conclusion is I think that it was huge that they went with Josh Giddy at six rather than James Book and I or something. Or Jonathan um, Kaminga. Or Jonathan Kaminga. Because to, and, and I love the way you you framed this. I, I think you mentioned it. You were uh, talking with John Hamm on our account tonight. And you said, you know, it's hard not to think about if the Thunder got like picks two and five and they go with like Mobley. It'd be Mobley and Josh. Right. But to your point, I think they still would have gone with Giddy at five rather than Suggs. So because of that, I I view that as a positive that the Thunder ended up with Giddy because I think that was the second best case scenario if the Thunder were to fall out of the top four. You ready for a hottish take? I'm ready. I think if the Thunder got picked number one, they would have taken Mobley. Oh, I do too. I don't think, yeah. Well, maybe, okay, sorry. I probably, it's easy for me to say that now. <laughs> I think back in, back when we back were- at the like, time, we would have been convinced yeah, it was- it was right. That would have been hot. That's a good um, pair. Yeah. Um, most impactful thing past 365 days for me, I'm going to go with at 12.01- the announcement that Shea Gilgis Alexander signed the five-year extension, no opt-outs, no trade clauses, and the elevation clauses to get up, yeah, to, to, that to get super, him to the to the max super max, extension. yeah, yeah. I think that's um, a really, really good one. Really I think that's probably the, that solidified what you have and allows you to move forward. Exactly, right? That it there's no, the plan. there's no nothing hanging overhead um, to be worried about. Um, that that your foundation is set. And now you can start to build the house. Agree. Right. That's a really good one. So I I think both of those uh, probably equally as impactful to this team. I can't wait to have this discussion 365 days from now, Taylor, to see where the team is uh, and what has changed. Agree. It's it's, crazy to think about. It's going to be very different and I'm excited to watch them grow. I'm excited to see what direction the franchise takes uh, and and how they, they deal with the obstacles ahead. I, I agree completely. 
All right, and, and just yeah, just Last see how these th- guys continue to develop this season and yeah, who they uh, draft. Talk about our at 365 days from now, we're going to be talking about our summer league experience. That's right. I can't wait. Cannot can't wait. wait. All right, before we get out of here, we're going to give out. Last week we did we gave out presents from Santa to Thunder players. Tonight we're going to give some Thunder players some New Year's resolutions. So Taylor, I will let you open it up here. You choose a player. Tell us what their New Year's resolution should be. So this is fun. Another fun exercise. I think I'm probably going to start here with the low-hanging fruit, right? Let's ease our, ways, ease our way into this. And um, I would like a New Year resolution to be for Josh Giddy to work on that jumper. Both the mid-range, develop a mid-range, right? And also a uh, three-point shot. Maybe just to take that step further, I think Shay obviously is working on three as well. Yeah. So I'd like to see some one-on-one in practices. There you go. So that should be a New Year's resolution. My my first New Year's resolution is for Shay Gilgis Alexander, and that resolution is take a step back. You don't have to do everything. Let the game come to you. Be more part of the offense, I guess. Cut more off ball buy in a little bit more on the defensive end. I feel like he does that very much to start the game. He really eases into games. Let that carry you throughout the throughout the entire game. I, I want to yeah. see some Chris Paul. Some like, Chris Paul. Chris just Paul, just go okay, through the motions and when the fourth quarter comes, that's your time and you go get you go do your shit at that point. Yep. Uh, that's my New Year's resolution for Shea. Uh, don't press so much. Yeah. Don't press so much. I like that. That's a really good one. Really good one. Let's uh hmm. Let's go with Baisley. My okay. New Year's resolution for Baisley. We've seen some very, very high flashes. I want him to uh, stay level-headed. I don't want him to, to get you know super excited about the highs, and I don't want to get super down on the lows. Stay level-headed and play within the game. I like that. You don't have to do too much. I'm going to steal one from my man. Call me Armorabian. My <laughs> New Year's resolution for Darius Baisley. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Stupid, yeah. There don't you go. do too much. Purge the drives, the spins, the step backs. Just keep it simple. Finish plays, catch and shoot, catch lobs, cut. You're basically you're a nice kid, and I love you. You're not going to make it in the league being a superstar. You're going to make it in the league being a role player. Buy into it. Be the best role player you can be. I like it. Like it a lot. Um, I kind of have one. And maybe this goes for both Poku and Trey Mann. But I'd like to see those guys. And this is so hard during the season. You really can't do it during the season. But some way or another, I would love to see them gain some physical strength. Because I think that will take each of their games to the next level. Or at least allow them to begin to reach that next level. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't really have anything for for uh, Poku and Trey. My only one for Trey would be... Um, let do you fly. like like be confident <laughs> yes. be confident in yourself yes. I just agree. L- shoot that bitch every time you touch it i don't care just I be agree. be be confident in yourself hey um, okay that leads me to one from mark Daybell. and sorry okay. i'm skipping my i'm going go twice in a row um for coach Daybell, i'd like to see him be a little more lenient with some of these guys for example poku we didn't mention this in the game tonight but poku had a pretty rough stretch there in the first half and barely i don't think he did touch the floor in the second half on his birthday nonetheless Trey Mann gets yanked fairly early sometimes for some like defensive mistakes. 
this is all about development. Let these guys play it through a little more. I like that. I think that's fair. Except, except Baisley. <laughs> Kidding. I think that's fair. <laughs> um, my New Year's resolution for Lou Dort. I would just say for Lou Dort to really lean in to his aggression. I feel like he does that already, but don't change who you are, Lou, because the team around you is changing. I think Lou is an absolute culture setter for this team. My advice to him is lean in on that. Lean in on that. Be that mother effer. Be that dog. Be the guy ready to go to war every single possession. Shoot the piss out of the ball. Be that guy, Lou. Like, you deserve it. You have proven to the to the league that you are a guy go for it go for it i love that and i love that so much i'm just going to add on to it and say not only you know with the current iteration of your your own team but be that dude be that mother effer no matter who you're playing against i want to see you locking up guys like you're playing against like paul george or kevin durant or guarding a paul george or kevin durant even if it's uh like tonight and you're playing against like you're going Devontae graham Graham or uh garrett temple i want you locking them up on the defensive end and being able to improve obviously your offensive production may drop initially sorry you do have to conserve energy somewhere i understand that but if you're treating each game Like it's an NBA Finals game, right? Like you're you're going to be able to uh, improve and and continue to grow on both sides of the ball and become just an ultimate two-way player. So I I like yours a lot. Our guy Rod says a more aggressive Dort means somebody dies. Yeah, that's true. Hey, poor Devontae Graham almost lost his chin tonight. Dort, go up there and kill the man. Set the tone. Just like full-on WWE. Just (laughs) I love it. Um, What other New Year's resolutions do you have, Um, Taylor? Doing a little scrolling here. What do you think about Ty Jerome, Jacob? Do you have a New Year's resolution for him? Do you have something? Do you have? Yeah, yeah. Do do you have a New Year's resolution made for the like the franchise at Sam Presti or Dignall? Yes, I'll give you a Ty Jerome one. For Ty Jerome, Shea Gilgis Alexander has come out and said that Ty Jerome's the best shooter in the league. That apparently Ty just lights it up in practice. My New Year's resolution for Ty is to prove it to us. If you're shooting the shit out of the ball in practice, come do it in a game because he hasn't... The floaters are nice. The aggression is nice. I want to see this man have like a five of five from three type of night. I like that. So my, my New Year's resolution for Ty is take what you're doing on the practice court, put it in a game. And then my I New Year's that. resolution for Sam Presti, not that he doesn't do this anyways, <laughs> but ignore everybody else. Everybody, especially after that 73-point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, everyone wanted to say how Sam Presti's doing this wrong and needs to change up and needs to cash in some chips. Uh, I love I love Kevin O'Connor. Kevin O'Connor was saying that on his podcast the other day where he hyped up Giddy that Sam Presti needs to uh, cash in some of those chips and go get a guy like DeMontis Sabonis. Sam no. Presti, you do your thing. You are the smartest man in the room. You have this job for a reason. You are widely considered one of the top GMs in this league for a reason because you work at a place that has dealt inherent disadvantages and you're still able to field... um, You you fielded a, a championship caliber team for a decade. You can do it again. Don't buy into the outside pressures that you have to speed this thing up. Steady the course. 
both eyes on the path forward and keep going. We all have faith in you. I agree completely. Maybe that's a good uh, New Year's resolution for Thunder fans is, you know, take it, take as much excitement as you can from games like tonight uh, and from some of these positives that seem realistic long term. They aren't just Skittles or the broccoli, right? Mm-hmm. And also keep the long-term objective or uh, the long-term plan in mind. Yeah. Understand. Patience is a virtue, Thunder fans. So maybe we'll end with that, Taylor, because the show is about to come to an end anyways. Our New Year's resolution to Thunder fans. Story of the, yeah, right. Theme of the year. Yep. Theme of the year. Thunder fans, you know we love you. That's why we do this podcast. Taylor and I love doing this show. Uh, Taylor, this past year has been incredible for us. Yeah. The growth of the uncontested. We have a blast doing this. Um, you moved to Oklahoma City this year. You've gotten to see a lot more of each other. Um, the growth of this podcast, the growth of us as individuals, the growth of the friendship of this show has been awesome over these past 365 days. So our message to the people that, that listen to us, I got to restart our music one more time. Our message to the people that listen to our show and that that like to, to get on the live stream and, and hang out with us and, and come to us for Thunder advice, just stay the course, man. Like, basketball isn't all there is to life. We're all very passionate about this. Trust in this front office because they've proven it time and time again. They know what they're doing. And we're all just along for the ride. And whether the roller coaster's going up or we're on the exciting loop we're headed down <laughs> regardless we're all just here for fun and we're all here together we're going to be here with, with you guys for the ride regardless of where it takes us taylor maybe less so after the baby's born but that's okay <laughs> just keep riding with the thunder keep riding with us and regardless of what comes around the next turn we'll all experience it together and we'll have a blast yeah we'll have fun with it i think that's the biggest thing it's like this is all going to be worth it in the long term and I think the most, like, the biggest thing that stood out to me over the past season, or the, the past uh, almost half season now, um, even just the past year in general, as we're looking back, is just how many fun things, how many pauses there are still to take from this, um, and just how you know <laughs> this Thunder team continues to have something to talk about, to be engaged in, and that's really exciting. You know, this is our quote unquote bottom. This is our rebuild. Mm-hmm. We are very fortunate. And I, I just can't wait to see what the next chapter is, not only for the Thunder, like you said, for our, our podcast and, and getting to cover this team and, and talk with you all about it. It's an absolute blast. And the thing about being where the Thunder is right now is everything is laid out before them. We're not living in the moment. We're not reminiscing on greatness of the past. We're not stuck in NBA prerogatory. <laughs> we're 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 looking at the future. Right, and everything that's before us is exciting. Draft picks, trades, um, lotteries, all that stuff. We have so much stuff to be excited for to see what's coming around this next corner. That's going to be a blast. So, hey, um, New Year's resolution for you, me, and probably Nick. We're going to dive into some, and we already have. We're we're doing a pretty good job about this so far. But from a podcast standpoint, we'll dive into some. Um, draft prospects and film and deep dives a little sooner this year and pump out some content. I think that'll be yeah. fun. We, be we will fun. keep the content coming. You guys don't have to worry about that as we head into 2022. Thank you guys so much for all the love you've given the uncontested in 2021. We saw monumental growth of our show. We got to do things like send two of our podcasters out to Vegas for summer league. Uh, Nick's in the arena covering games for you guys. We've got, I'm not afraid or ashamed to say it, we've got the best graphics guy in all of 
Thunder social media, maybe all of NBA social media. Uh, Justin does an incredible job. We are committed Agreed. to bringing you guys stuff. We're going to keep doing it next year. So stay with us. We appreciate you guys so much for this past year. Couldn't have done it without you. We'll be back with you guys soon as the Thunder take on their next game. I don't even know when the next game is, to be honest it, with you, Taylor. It's Tuesday night, and then they have a back-to-back Wednesday night, and they play Friday on a New Year's Eve game. Um, they go West Coast on Tuesday. I can't remember who. Wednesday night they play against Phoenix in Phoenix again, which kind of stinks. And then Friday night they're back home for New Year's Eve. There you go. So we will have you covered for every single one of those games. Uh, who's got the Tuesday the night game? Tuesday night game against the Kings at 9 p.m. That is me. I am covering that game. Ooh, so I'll be hey, with you guys you Tuesday night. <laughs> we will see you then. Until then, and as always, you guys have a great week. And Thunder up. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.